Today, the scripture readings for the sermon, February 10th, 2019, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, and then I'll skip down to verses 18 through 22, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, and Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16, beginning with Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you are at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Going down to verses 18 through 22. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows up into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16 Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation, whoever believes will not be in haste. The title of the message today is Do Not Try to Build on Your Own Foundation, Part 1. Because of a recording glitch that we had at the beginning of the message, I would like to give you the first point, and that is, you are fellow citizens. So when we consider the matter of citizenship, it is important. Now, as I was saying, I was playing sports. I, I would be picked, depending on the sport, either early or late. Now, my favorite sport was baseball growing up. I was good at baseball. I was okay at basketball. Football growing up, I played Pop Warner play as just about that tall, middle linebacker, because I could hit hard. I didn't play soccer. I didn't play volleyball. But I love to be able to, able to be chosen. You too like to be chosen as well. But there are times when we've got to recognize and realize that we have not always been on the in crowd. We have not always been chosen. But I want you to know something. God has chose you, he's chosen you, and in fact he planned you in, as we often say, before the foundations of this world. The Gentiles, who are people that were outside of the Jewish nation, anybody that was not Jewish was, was automatically called a Gentile. So that's something that you need to know. Two groups of people, those that were called Jewish and the Gentiles, everybody else. Paul is helping us to understand and to know that even though it appeared that you were not a citizen, God was working out a plan to graft, to, to graft you in into the fold. And so even though you might have felt 
on the outside, there was a plan of inclusion for you. Strangers and aliens at times meant a person that was foreign, a foreigner from a different place. It also meant that a person who may have been an alien may have been living in a city, but they didn't have residency. So when you think of a person that was a foreigner or an alien, you can be speaking of a person that's from a different country or a person that's living in a place, but that's not their permanent place. They don't have citizenship. People that live in a certain place, they often are trying to get citizenship. There is a process to follow. And so as Paul is bringing chapter 2 to a conclusion, he had set up this dichotomy showing that there had been a group of people that had been chosen by God, and there was another group that was considered to be on the outside, those that were far away. But Paul said that what God was doing, he was working to bring these groups together so that they would have the same goal, the same purpose of being united in Christ. You see, when Rome ruled Jerusalem, the citizen had certain rights. They could not be punished or go through certain persecutions without a trial. You see, if they were a citizen, there were certain rights that were afforded them. A person could not just have their life taken without having the ability to face their accusers. That's the way it was supposed to be. Paul says... That something happened with the Gentiles. Something that many people did not foresee. And the Bible says, in fact, that it was a mystery from the Old Testament that was not made known even to the prophets, even to those that were leading the priests. They didn't understand. It was not disclosed in earlier times. But God was doing something. And in the book of Ephesians and Colossians and others, you see the plan of God unfolding in the lives of people. You really want to be a citizen of the kingdom. Let me just tell you that right from the beginning. You really want to be a citizen. And you really don't want to try to build a foundation on your own. You see, being united in Christ was something that was totally new, something not even understood. Now, let me tell you this. If you think that you are special simply because of your race, black, white, Jewish, Hispanic, Mexican, uh, um, um, whatever your race may be, if you think that you are special just because of your color, you've got to understand every group thinks that way. Every group thinks they're special. And they will lay claims to some things because of their history. But I want you to know something, that when God laid the foundations of the earth, and before he laid them, he had already established the way in which citizenship would be achieved. Because there are some people today that's basing their foundation on skin color. There are some people that's basing their foundation actually on their family background and tradition. There are some people that say, we've always done it this way. 
this is my family tradition. There are some things in the family tradition that one at times don't want to disclose. I'm going there. (laughs) Just keep it simple. There's some recipes that you have that you don't give to just everybody. You hold them dear because you don't want everyone else to be able to make that dish just like you. So there are certain traditions that you hold because it's a family tradition. And so you've got a little bit of something you put here, you got a little bit of something you put there, and no matter what was something, no matter how hard I tried, I could never get it just like Grandma Daisy. My Grandma Daisy could make some biscuits. Couldn't read a lick, but she just said, you just add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Well, what's the measurement? Just this, just this amount here. Don't know how she got her green so tender. Is she tee <laughs> Before my father passed on, he passed on a couple of things to me. He says, keep them close to the heart. So please don't ask me certain things because I'm not going to give it to you. There are some traditions that people are basing their foundations on. But, but I need you to note something, that your tradition will eventually pass away. So you've got to be careful not to build your hopes on your own foundation. You see, that if God had laid the foundation before the earth was even laid, if rather if he had, and had actually set you in place and had, was planning you into the scene and making sure that you were included into the citizenship, then you've got to make sure that you go the direction that God laid out rather than going your own way. Now, I know this becomes difficult because there are sometimes people who have some ideas and they want people to follow them. But there are some traditions that will lead you down a path of darkness and away from all hope. You've got to be very careful to not follow those traditions. I don't care how good it sounds. It sounds good, but it can be deadly wrong. There are a lot of people trying to steal being a Christian. They're trying to steal Christianhood. Everybody today is a Christian. But being Christian is special. Being a saint is special. It has criteria that has to be followed. You see, many people might use the same words. They may tell you that they believe the same thing, but as you begin to talk to them, they're using words in a different meaning than how you mean it. What they're saying is not quite the way that you mean it. And so they are trying to steal what it means to be a Christian. Let let me just say this. It's not even in my notes, but I'm just going to just pass this on because you may have heard it, but just in case you forgot, let me tell you again. You see, being a Christian did not come from the Christian community. The name Christian was actually given by individuals who were not Christians. There was a group who saw, I believe it was in Antioch, I believe that's the case, I'm not 
quite remember it. I think it was Antioch, where this group of individuals were teasing believers and said they are acting just like Christ. They are Christians. Christians. The name Christians actually came about because unbelievers said that they are acting just like that person who is called Christ. They are following him. Christianity didn't come from the fact that people talked holy. And said, oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That, no, 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 no. That, that, that didn't make you a Christian. It came because of how a person was living. And it was another group who saw them and said they act just like that person who called himself Christ. Now that's something when a group of unbelievers on the outside can look at you and say, you look just like Jesus. So today many people are saying, are you, oh, I'm Christian and don't have the first clue of really what the criteria was. It was unbelievers who were making fun of the Christian and say they act like the Christ. And that's how the Christian term came in to play and to be. So we are Christians. And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, So then you Gentiles are no longer strangers and aliens. You are no longer considered to just be from a different country without rights, but you are now fellow citizens, he says, with the saints. Not with Jewish people, but with Jewish people who have now said yes to Jesus Christ. You are fellow citizens with him, and all of the rights and privileges of citizenship now are given to you. Built on the foundation of the apostles, which brings us now to our second point. And as I go to the second point, please note, to be a member of God's household requires that everyone accepts God's plan. Point two, citizenship in the kingdom must be based on the right foundation. Citizenship in the kingdom must be based on the right foundation. In Ephesians chapter 20 and 21, Paul says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Paul says that the household of God is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. If you want to have a secure building, you need to start with a solid foundation. Brother Jerry is building a house. He had to start with a foundation, and he had to do some digging. He just, just didn't go and say, I want to build a house and threw up some boards. He had to go down and dig, and then before he could go to the next step, he had to then get approval or get that part written off. He had to have a person from the county come and take a look and says, you can now go to the next step. If there were any corrections, he would be told what those corrections were. If you want to address a problem of cracks appearing in your wall, cracks appearing in your life, 
It's not good enough to go patch up the cracks. You've got to go deal with a foundation problem. We saw a line going across our room. And we immediately know there is a foundation problem. Some people go, why are there cracks appearing in my life? Why is this happening to me? Well, there may be a problem with the foundation. You you see, there are sometimes people that only want to address the symptom. Camouflage, make it look good. But there has to be a dealing with underneath the issue. If you want to know what people are building on, just listen long enough and they will tell you what they are building on. Just listen to people long enough. You'll come to see pretty soon what kind of foundation is there. (laughs) They'll tell you just by listening. When I was growing up, I told you, I had to be careful that sometimes what I was doing, I was, I, I tell, I'm telling y'all too many of my secrets. I got to be careful telling you my thing, because y'all come back and hold it against me. Pastor, you said, oh, Lord, I did. I had to be careful of doing certain things out there and saying certain things, because I would sometimes bring those same things home, and certain things did not go in the house of Mr. Fred and Mrs. Cleola Small. There's just certain things you just couldn't do. But I would go out there and practice it real good and come home and forget where I was. But I would be quickly reminded, sometimes with a stare, a glare, a neighbor covering his mouth because of something that I may have said and forgot where I was. So I just thought that it would better just it would be better just to go ahead and do right out there so I didn't have to try to play these cover-up games at home. There are a lot of people today that's trying to build a foundation of a life on the outside and try to cover it up when they come to church. Uh-oh, help me, Lord. Want to live one way out there and sometimes forget where they have come to, and it eventually shows. If you want a secure foundation, you need to know that it is important that you start with the right material. You don't want to use inferior material. You want to use material that can stand and withstand storms and difficulties When the ground begins to shake underneath you, and when there's corrosion, you want to make sure that you're anchored. Verse 20 speaks of the foundation. Verse 21 speaks of the formation. And verse 22 speaks of the function. The foundation, we note, mentions the apostles and the prophets. It is not talking about the prophets is believed of the Old Testament. But it's referring to the prophets of the New Testament. It is believed that the apostle John is, or or Paul is referencing are the apostles of Jesus including himself. The foundation that was set, yes, was set in the Old Testament. But remember, the Lord did not disclose to the Old Testament saints 
all of the details that he was going to be doing in the New Testament. There were some prophets in the New Testament that did not have the same, uh, I would say, authority. Some of their role was not as strong as some people like Elijah and Elisha. But we think of Agabus in the book of Acts who gave a prophecy. And we think of the gifts in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. The gifts are, are separated. The prophet has a different role as compared to the apostle. So they are considered two separate gifts. So when Paul says that the foundation is built on the apostles and prophets, it is built on the fact of them being secure and writing based on their relationship with Christ being the cornerstone. Their teachings were foundational to the people being able to have a solid foundation and being able to be built up into the house that God was calling for. The name apostle appears in almost each list before prophet. I won't go to Ephesians 4, 11 at this particular time. The focus and role of the apostles and the prophets was to proclaim Jesus as the foundational and central theme and one to whom everything holds together. The apostles and prophets have a foundational role as they were given the very word of God to proclaim that everything from the Old Testament pointing to the new was fulfilled in Christ. Their role and their purpose was to preach Christ. In the book of Acts, just digressing, well, not really digressing, just going to go on to this point, just comes to mind. There was a group of people that had not re yet received the Holy Spirit. And the question was, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they came back, we have not even heard of such an individual. We haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. We know of John's baptism. And so you find that the Bible talks about there being an explanation and a further expounding to help them have a solid foundation that everything that you've been hearing, all that John was doing, it was all focusing and pointing to Christ, the chief cornerstone. Everything was in him. And what Paul is saying that Gentiles, the Jewish people, all nations of the earth, all of us, have citizenship in Christ as saints because we are grounded and our foundation is in the Lord. I'm going to have to just skip through a couple of things here just because of time. I'll soon be done. No foundation can be laid but that of Jesus Christ. One of the things that's so incredible about the Bible is that the Bible makes no apologies for claiming that there is exclusive truth. The Bible makes no apologies that foundationally Christ is the answer. He is the key. There's no one, nothing, that God stamped his approval on but Christ. I know it's popular to say everybody should be included, but Christ was foundational. And what Paul is saying is that he's the chief cornerstone. You see, the cornerstone was central to the building. It was used like a plumb line. Everything had to be 
aligned to that central piece. It was normally the first piece that would be set in place. And all of the building, according to the edges, would be based on that cornerstone, that part of the building. It sometimes was larger, and then writing would be applied to that to give the date of the building, the time, and certain information, the cornerstone. In the old days, it was central. It was important. And Paul says that we are building upon or in the cornerstone. You look at Isaiah. You look at Ephesians. Look at Corinthians. Look at First Peter. All talking about Christ as being the cornerstone. The cornerstone is Christ. What the apostles and prophets built on was Christ. Sometimes when I hear people talking about being a Christian, Christ is nowhere even mentioned. His name does not even come up. Christ just seems to be an obstacle for some people. Just gets in the way. Just move Christ so we can be Christian. You can't be Christian without Christ. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to go to point three. Let me, let me just say this in conclusion. When we consider that Christ is a cornerstone, Paul is making it very clear that the mystery, the goal, the focus of all that the Old Testament was doing and pointing to was the inclusiveness of everyone being joined together through and in Christ, the cornerstone. If God included you from the very beginning, that means he had a plan. That means you can't just decide to do your own thing. You see, your plan has holes. God's plan is perfect. <laughs> and, I, and I tell you, why would we want to give up that which is perfect for that which is not. When I'm trying to learn something, I, and I heard this, this statement, <laughs> we hear the statement that practice makes perfect. Well, there's truth and there's falsehood with that. Because if you've practiced something wrong, it makes for perfect wrongness. But if you practice that which is right, then practice can make perfect. So be careful and be aware that you're practicing that which is good. Please stand to your feet. What foundation are you building on? Paul says that the saints, the Gentiles, Christian Jews, those Gentiles that have become Christians, they are now saints together. They are citizens together because of their commonality in Christ. Today I encourage you and urge you to check the foundation of your own very life. See what you're building on. And if you're off the path, get back on the path, the right path. Today, Lord, we are thankful to you for the tremendous foundation that you have laid. And we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to make a course correction and do it right because of being led by the almighty God. We thank you today that we can be connected and lined up with and in Christ, the chief cornerstone. We thank you today that we are lively stones. 
living stones placed in the body of Christ. As the body grows and expands, Lord, we are a living organism. Because of God adding to the body, such as should be saved. Today, we're grateful to you for allowing us to be here. And as we depart from this place today, we pray for your leading and your guiding. We do give all the glory. We give all the praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you. See you next time.